0: listening to a hope 1032 podcast Welcome to Raising Teens with psychologist and teacher Colette Smart, who is not me. I'm Ben and Hello, Colette. Hello. Now, Colette, I'm sure that people already know that they can share Raising Teens with their wider community to help other people learn how to raise teens. They should definitely be doing that right now, I would say. People should be just hitting that button right now. They could also find Raising Teens videos On YouTube, just search Raising Teens and Hope YouTube. Share that around the interwebs to help the wider world learn how to raise teens. And today, Colette, we are going to be talking about how to raise emotionally intelligent teens. What is emotional intelligence, (laughs) Colette? That's the obvious question.
1: So this was actually a big buzzword that came out when I started doing my postgrad, grad And um, I talk about it in my book, They'll Be Okay. And if your listeners are interested, it's actually also on my blog, raisingteenagers.com.au. We call it emotional intelligence or EI, or sometimes it's also referred to as EQ. Um, instead of, you know, intellectual intelligence, EI or EQ is emotional intelligence. And it was coined by Yale psychologists and then really popularized by Daniel Goleman. The fact that for many years, we just glorified brain smarts. Uh, <laughs> and really, Goleman said, you know what? People who are aware of and accepting other people's emotions and their own emotions are actually more successful in life. He's got a whole section on dealing with businesses and, you know, corporates on our tapping into this whole idea of emotional intelligence.
0: What kind of success does he mean?
1: Actually, he also talks about um, being successful as a business person, as a CEO, in terms of interacting better with your colleagues, but then you also tend to progress further in your career because you actually are more likable or you understand people in, in better ways. You understand the community better. So... But really, I I think in terms of teenagers, emotionally intelligent people or emotionally intelligent teenagers begin to learn to recognise their emotions. So they recognise not just you know what I always call glad, sad, mad, Um, (laughs) you know just I'm happy, I'm angry, or I'm feeling sad. It's actually those more intricate emotions. There's a bit more to us than that, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And psychologists often talk about anger being a secondary emotion, and we talk about anger as a secondary emotion because before your anger, there's often something else that's happened. You it's usually because your teenager is actually really anxious, or they're really afraid of something, or they're worried about something, or they're second guessing themselves. Something else has gone on before the explosion. And we just see the explosion and we think, oh, pull yourself together. But it's digging underneath. And emotionally intelligent teens learn over time. They don't know it instantly. It takes time to learn about what's going on and what I'm feeling and how to respond to what's going on. And that's knowing all your emotions and processing all, all our emotions is really what makes us human.
0: That can be big for adults, you know, like grown-ups, uh, Colette, not yep. just not just teens. And it sounds to me though, you're also not just talking about the recognition of those things, but an emotionally intelligent teen would be one who can also work out how to manage yes. that. How can parents help their teens manage yep. their emotions well?
1: It's important first for our teenagers to understand emotional intelligence and understand their, their emotions. Because It's fundamental to long-term success as a a human when you can self-regulate or you can negotiate conflict or you can solve problems in relationships in healthy ways. It just helps you in in your relationships. It helps you at work. It helps you in part-time jobs that we've spoken about before on this podcast. You know, in childhood, that is the time when there's a lot of potential to unlock social emotional abilities and I mean, we all know adults or we know might recognize in ourselves when we actually don't know how to do that well. Mm. And teaching our young people early just gives them so much benefit early on as they move forward in their lives. And we know even universities and workplaces are looking at people who possess emotional intelligence rather than just intellectual intelligence. They call emotional intelligence the soft skills. You know, even in in my book, I said, I I explore this. And we often think about happiness as the ultimate emotion in life. And happiness is not the only important emotion to have. If our children believe that happiness is the most important emotion, they will climb over and step over and step on anybody to achieve that Mm -hmm. emotion. Yes. And so if our our young people learn that they actually sometimes have to hold back for somebody else, for somebody else who's processing something or somebody else's happiness, that's actually an incredible life skill in terms of learning empathy and learning that other people are important. And so you asked about how how parents can do this.
0: Yes, because I, I reckon a lot of parents would be a bit overwhelmed at this point, yeah. Colette, thinking, well, maybe I don't actually understand my own emotions yep. that well and maybe I don't regulate them as well as I might. Should you start with yourself, the parent, first?
1: Yes. I think as parents it's taking a look at your own self-care and recognizing what are emotions that I'm not dealing with very well. Am I able to process sadness in healthy ways or anger in healthy ways? Am I teaching my young person my my children who are watching me model when I feel angry about something? Am I showing them appropriate, healthy ways to deal with anger. Anger is not a it's not a bad emotion. Sometimes it's appropriate to feel angry at injustice in the world, angry at bullying. But how you respond is the important part. And if we're lashing out at, at our children and, and our partners at home, that's what our children are learning. Uh, now, it's also, it's all right to sometimes do it wrong and then apologize. That's also part of learning how to process emotions in healthy ways, labelling emotions with our children and helping them, you know, before I've spoken about not dealing with emotions in the heat of the moment, you know, during sibling conflict and so on. It's also talking about it afterwards and looking at what could I have done in a different way? How could I have done this better? How could I have responded to my sibling better or my friend better or how could i have answered mom or dad in a different way than what i did today that is emotional intelligence it's learning when you do something in an inappropriate way learning about how i could do it in a in a more healthy way
0: finally colette as teens, young adults are learning to do this though, to sort of recognize their own emotions, get, become more emotionally intelligent. I'd imagine though, that many could feel like they're locked in a bit of a cycle, but they still feel like their emotions are controlling them. And they still feel then that what they do as a result is not really reflecting who they are and what they're about, but they still feel overpowered by their emotions. How does a parent help to break that cycle?
1: So it's again, talking to our young people about their brains and how uh, I often talk about how our children are kind of in this gray, area in their teenage years where they're not a child anymore, but they're not yet uh, an adult. And so their brains are changing and and their emotions are volatile. And it's not giving them an excuse for lashing out, but it's saying to them, I have compassion and and I understand that you're growing and you need to understand that you're growing too. And giving them opportunities to talk through, through their emotions, letting them vent to you as a safe place, Understanding that often home is a safe place where children will try out emotions they don't try out anywhere else. And that's hard for parents because we're kind of the sounding board sometimes for the very big emotions that come out. And those are the times that we can ask them afterwards open-ended questions about, yep, I sense that you're struggling with something Something big, something difficult. Can we break this down into manageable chunks for you? How could you have um, taken one step to make a difference this time that you, you might do it differently next time? Maybe you're not going to change everything or the way you respond completely next week, but what could you do? What's one thing you could do differently? And write down some of the steps sometimes. Some of our children are visual and having it on the inside of their cupboard as a visual reminder can be helpful for them planning and and talking about your values as a family, talking about what you think are valuable in terms of a healthy human being looks like, what healthy friendship looks like at our dinner table conversations. It's the day-to-day, not expecting instant change or change by next week or even next year, knowing that our children and their parents are works in progress.
0: Thank you, Colette. And thank you, as ever, for welcoming us into your family. I hope that Raising Teens is a huge help to you and your teens as they grow and you grow together. If you do need some particular help, we would love to hear from you. Send us your questions, your comments, your feedback. You can do that at hopepodcast.com.au on the Raising Teens page or go to the Hope Media app on the homepage. You can just click a button, record a message, we'll get it and we will respond in an upcoming episode. This has been Raising Teens. See you later. This is a Hope 103.2 production. Thanks for listening.